Young hearts run free. Young hearts run free. Young hearts run free. Young hearts run free. Welcome along to the Young Hearts Run Free podcast, episode eleven, season four, coming at you. And yeah, you might have detected a wee different backdrop. I am joined by my regular sidekick from his outside podcast studio, I think, John Cassidy. How are you doing, John? I'm very well. As you can hear, I am mobile uh, today. It's a wee bit different, but it's good. I'm sitting here with a coffee, sitting with a lovely glass of iced water, and I'm uh, a wee bit nervous about this. All these folk listening into what I'm saying, but it's cool. Yeah, I'm good to go. Brilliant. Aye, I can see you're in a nice coffee shop here. You've got a fake background on that you're actually just in a <laughs> sort of greasy spoon someplace. No, no, this is real. And I'll, I'll give them a shout out. One of the best coffee shops in Perth is Blend Coffee up the old high street. They do all the good things. They do all the good things and good coffee too. Oh man, they better get that one on the house. Paid for that already. Maybe <laughs> oh, got a cake. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, shout out for Blend. But yeah, we have got a another stoter on episode coming up our guest this week is um, somebody who we've been chasing for a while you'll hear us probably say that again um just the guest because it's on the pod title as we discussed last week it's hardly a big reveal is nicola duncan edinburgh based irish lass who has um quite a quite a story to tell and is quite a talent and mega sure that you're going to enjoy in fact love listening to her crack yeah i think too to be fair and to be honest we'll always be chasing nicola duncan because we're not going to catch her okay, what i mean she's she she talks about in the episode about she's not got much speed but what she does have is consistency and we'll we'll be speak about that but it's a great listen she comes across as a really bubbly person um her dialect dictionary one just sums her up totally so listen at the end for that it's brilliant yeah, it's brilliant. But no, we've got a couple of wee topics as we has become customary for us just to cover before we let Nicola in the door. She's sitting out in the waiting room at the moment. Um, so yeah, what are those? We have a bit of thinking back over 2021, John. Running mm. achievements and fondest running things that you've done. I'm keen that we... This week, between now and next week, we do a little shout out on our socials for people to kind of submit to us what their own running achievements of the year are, something that they're proud of, or a particular race or day that they hold quite high in their memory banks. Or it could be that it's a shout out for somebody else, a fellow runner, somebody in your club, somebody somebody that you've come across in the, your Strava or something like that who you feel deserves a shout out as well we're going to be covering that in a sort of little annual roundup next week Yeah definitely I think too it's come to my attention that a lot of people know each other and I'm, I'm curious as to whether they knew each other before this podcast or has this podcast brought people together I, hope, I would like to think it does but it'd be great to know as well for from the listeners, we always ask their guests, who inspires you? So, open up to listeners, who inspires you? It doesn't have yeah. to be any big star names, it might just be, it could be your partner, it doesn't run, but who inspires you um, and gets you at the door in the morning when it's pissing with rain outside? 
What gets um, you at the door? So let us know. It's 6.54. What gets you at the door at 6.54? <laughs> is, um, yeah, so we'll post a couple uh socials up on Insta and Twitter, so just reply to them, yeah. or if you want to, send us a DM. Slide into our inboxes. Whatever they say. Ah, you can send, send us a message in the DMs and Insta or Twitter, and you can also submit your request to buy a LaBuffBuff. Still got some of them left as well. Supplies are dwindling of the Buff Buffs. And nice, We I think the most common word that we use in 2021 on the podcast is segue. So that is a nice segue into current competitions that are underway. We've yep. got a tendency, let's just self-evaluate here a second, John. We've got a tendency to announce competitions and never actually see them through to awarding a prize <laughs> to the winner. <laughs> uh, uh, well, Michelle Melville got a prize. She got the Pylon Exposure Prize. That was a big uh, yeah. yes, Some of her merch, is the, which is maybe an even a bigger prize. Yeah. You know? Young oh, well, free mug. It's it? so. completely limited edition. So, yeah, our search for the best LaBuff Buff photo or video. Video, yeah. It's and we hate to be quick because hate we hate to be quick. I seen my wife scoping the mugs out the other day in the house and I was like, no, you can't touch them. They're okay. prizes. Right. So uh, yeah, uh, prizes money can't buy. And then our other competition that was announced during last week's episode, another segue, is the slogan for the backyard ultra in Orkney next week that Sarah and Erica had introduced on last week's podcast. So it's taking place in Twat, so all the stuff like I had a good time in Twat. <laughs> I, got twatted in, I got twatted in Orkney. Ah, yeah, you've went for a, 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 a nicer sort of comparison of it. So, that, but that's, that's the sort of idea, isn't it? I had the moistest time in Twat. <laughs> it's, 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 it's the post-race t-shirt that I think they're looking for a slogan. Yeah. I finishers. Doom. So, Get your entries yeah. in there and t- make sure you tag Backyard Ultra. Twat, I think that's their... Yeah, that's it, man. That's <laughs> brilliant. And you know so, what? What we should also say as well, Stephen, some of the feedback, on a more serious note, some of the feedback we've had from last week's episode with Sarah and Erica has been phenomenal. They obviously, they spoke openly about the menopause and things like that. And guys and girls... Males and females have been in touch with us to say thank you very much. So an extended thank you to Erica and Sarah as well. So it went down really, really well. Yeah, awesome. No, thanks for all the comments and feedback that you sent us through. And yeah, you're right, John. It has been, you know, in terms of that sort of taboo subject getting talked about, I think it's it's been enlightening for a lot of people. And you can tell by the sort of nature of the our incoming mail. Yeah, definitely. It's great, man. It's great yeah. that the conversation's happening. I love it. And if you've not listened to that one, get your ass back and listen to it for last week, episode 70. Brilliant. So, a Young Hearts Run Free podcast. Exactly that. So, yeah, I am thinking that we know that far away. We can't let Nicola sit outside there for too long. We've got some big news bubbling away. We certainly do. Yeah, very exciting for us and for the listeners. Maybe the world. Yeah. Maybe somewhere news on that next week because we're not going to reveal it quite yet. I've got to keep you on tenter hooks. It's a big tease. It's a boy, it's a boy Stevie that's, boy. That's the one. So yeah, <laughs> that's stay tuned. Type thing. Right. And that well, with that then, can I take us 
into, you mentioned it last week about the business end or the money end of the year, people achieving targets. And I've noticed a few folk this week, we'll have a few shout outs if you don't mind. Gordon Donachie, Pam Smith and Lindsay Stevenson all hit their targets for the year this week, as did a certain Stephen Watt. You want to speak about yours? Ah, oh, man. I, oh, I love speaking about myself, John. So, uh, you know, just... Uh, just an arbitrary target that I set for the year and I cruised through it. <laughs> no, it was fine actually. I was kind of on course to get into my 2,000 miles and I, I got through it this week and I did it in our spiritual home on purpose, on the inch. And I also knew that I had 7.2 miles to run. I got the booster in the morning, my jab, and went and ran my 7.2 miles immediately after my booster. So I felt like it was kind of on some sort of steroids. So that made me feel good. And I finished bang on 2,000 miles. So Brilliant. Absolutely. Well done. Miles. So. But, then you, but then you came up with something else. You told me how many days you've ran this year. Do you want to divulge that to the listeners? I wait, how many solid days I've been running. Um, yeah. On your Strava stats, you can see all that. And it's something like, what did I say? 12, 13 days solid? It was over 12 days, but it was, yeah, 12 plus days that you've ran in 2021. Uh-huh. Yeah, which is quite f- phenomenal, actually. It was like 285 hours or something that I've spent running in 2021. Which, Aye. Well, you know. So, again, putting that back to your listeners, you'd be very keen to find out how long you've been running. I think I'm yeah. about eight and a half days, just under eight and a half days. But, um, yeah, so let us know. It's no competition. No. Well, just just be interested to hear. I know. I, I then go and compare it in, against previous years, the little stat when me starts coming out just to see how that compares and how many miles are covered and things like that. So you can get quite um, entrenched into the insights in Strava. So. Yeah, I hope that's also available on Pencil Strava. Well, it is, because I, I can tell how many hours I ran. So. It is. It is available on Kunso Strava. So, yeah, go and check your stats. Check your stats. I think that's us, John. You've um, still got you've well, got a busy December to reach your target, I can that. Oh, I'm still a wee bit shy. I'm at one thousand eight hundred and fifty three point four kilometres currently, or in your change it's eleven hundred and fifty eight miles. So um every, everything's possible. Everything's possible. But um you know what? As I got a wee nod for James Stewart last week I've had a good year. So there we go, I'm happy with that. Just before we get Nicola in, can you tell me about this new thing that's happening at your end of the street with Zwift? What's a crack? Oh, yeah. I, like, so you see that a lot of people on Strava are on Zwift. You know, and the posts are runs up and they're on, like, Watopia maps and riding around Central Park in New York or whatever like that. Aye. So my wife Fiona got one of these t- turbo trainer things because she's training for triathlon just now and she's not keen on going out in the winter months on her, her road Ooh, bike is that is that a big reveal maybe yeah mm. maybe it is keep that, maybe keep that to yourself listeners yeah yeah she's going to get out of her comfort zone so yeah I, I, I've been it's been sitting winking at me <laughs> winking John um, <laughs> for, for the last couple of months to be honest and last week I decided to hop on it and I signed up for a Zwift account for a blast of that. And ah, it's a good wee option. So you're now a Zwifter. And I think next year I'm going to get less fixated on miles. I'm not going to I'm not going to set a mileage target or anything next year and just do different different 
a different approach beckons well, we sort of touch on that it's another good segue we sort of touch on that when we're speaking to Nicola about becoming obsessed or addicted to stats and watches yeah. and miles per hour or kilometres per hour let's mm-hmm. be let's cover all the bases yeah and it's that unhealthy relationship almost you know the psychological effects that it can have and it can suck away the enjoyment you know because you're just fixated on minute per miles or whatever and distance and stuff like that and sometimes you just need to remember actually that's no why I started doing this Mm-hmm. You you mentioned something to me last week about running and it might maybe we were talking then about accountability we do in the podcast mm-hmm. to I'll use the word performance, how we've um, performed this year. And I've been thinking about that, that this week. And I'm just wondering if other people's um perception of themselves has changed. Mine certainly has because of the podcast and the folk we've spoken to and the stuff we've seen on the socials. So, yeah, it's we're always learning. Eh? It's brilliant. I know I'd agree with you, John. Similar to hey, you. Let's, let's open that door and we'll talk all about that next week. We've got a whole hour of shit and sodders coming at you next week. So, no, our pre Christmas special. <laughs> Can't wait, but no, let's get Nicola in because, um, yeah, the, what the real main headline act that's it, headline act. Let's, let's go 100%. Enjoy. Good evening, Nicola. Welcome to Young Hearts Run Free Podcast. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Oh, I'm very well. Stephen, how are you? I also am very, very well. Yeah. And we're also very excited to be to be speaking with you. Um, you may not be aware, but you've been on our radar for a very long time, <laughs> both with regards the podcast and pre the podcast with regards to running as well. So it's absolutely fantastic to have you on, and thank you very much for your thank time. You oh, so it's our pleasure. And we always start with a wee bit of background, a wee bit of running history. So can I ask you first of all? What brought you into running? I know there's a wee link to another sport, tennis, but we can speak about that too. But what brought you into running and what's your your running history, Nicola? So I didn't run primarily as a child or anything. I was, as you mentioned, into tennis and just about every sport under the sun. But I was always really, really fit. So, you know, looking back in hindsight, I think all of the training I did for tennis and hockey and swimming um, probably really helped build my engine, which is what I've is probably one of my strengths in running um but I didn't really get into running until um I think it was about maybe 12 years ago and a lady I played um tennis with um she was my doubles partner and she had entered um an event in Edinburgh the 10k it was sponsored by Boop at the time and she couldn't do it so she said do you want to take my place um and I said yeah why not and um so I rocked up on the Saturday to do it and um I was in my tennis trainers. I had a bright yellow animal hoodie and uh, God knows what I had else had on me. Um, I did. I got a really good time. I nearly died doing it. Um, and I was so hot and sweaty because I literally didn't take that hoodie off. Um, and it was, yeah, I remember finishing and just being like a big red face and really sweaty. Um, and I'm like, oh, gosh, that was horrible. And I couldn't move for the rest of the week. My legs were so sore because I'd never <laughs> done anything like that. But people were like, that's a really fast time. I think I was 
42 minutes or something like that. Um, and I'd never, you know, I'd never done anything like that before. And then a few weeks later, there was a girls 10K on in Glasgow. And the same ladies were like, do you want to come and do this one? So I actually entered it. And you'd probably find this funny. We were walking to the starting line. And I was like, gosh, it's really strange. There's no boys here. I hadn't realized that it was a girls only event. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, there's no girl, no boys in this event, Nicola. And I was like, gosh, I wouldn't have come if I'd known that. <laughs> I've, I've actually been in Glasgow when that girls event's on. And it's a yeah. fantastic atmosphere. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Yes, a lot of people great. do it. Yeah. Well, folks do for charity, don't they? So. Yeah, exactly. And um, I, I broke. I think I broke 40 minutes for that one. And that was just a few weeks after I had done the other 10K. Mm -hmm. See, can I ask the question, though? Prior to that 10K, had you ran that distance before? Oh, no. 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 Right, okay. So in your second ever 10K, you ran a sub 40 after never running before. I know. I look back now and I think, gosh... You know that was that wasn't even fair. <laughs> you know I totally appreciate that that it was absolutely ridiculous. I remember afterwards spending about twenty minutes stretching my quads so that they wouldn't be sore. <laughs> and, uh, you mentioned in the intro about <clears throat> building your engine and using yeah. the sports tennis, hockey, and swimming. Yeah. I mean that's some that's some workout. You're Sport was obviously a big thing for you. And I've always been fascinated by people that play tennis and the stamina that, yeah. that that's, that's required for that. I think people, they see the US Open and they see Wimbledon and what mm-hmm. what's involved there. It, it, and it does build that stamina, but it doesn't automatically give you speed, does it? No. So are, are you naturally fast? I'm not fast. I don't. I only have one pace. I am not fast at all. So even my fastest marathon time was broadly my 5K time give or take five seconds onto it, multiplied by whatever, just over eight times. So I don't actually have speed. Um, I can categorically say if there was a sprint with m- myself and you guys, you would absolutely annihilate me. I don't have a sprint. I may have to take off my yellow hoodie if I'm going yeah. to sprint with you, I tell you. Yeah. Yeah. George, I'm getting that set up. Um, <laughs> I'm busy. So, it's all relative though, isn't it? Because of course, yeah. yeah. But I, I do know appreciate what you're saying. Um bolt and eight five Ks together to get your marathon P yeah. um I, I only wish I could do that. That is something that I could only mm. dream about. So mm-hmm. f- fantastic. That doesn't just just mm. happen, I know that as well. So. Yeah. <laughs> because the word, the word that's jumping in my head there is consistency then. Yeah. If you're doing that if you're doing that consistent pacing. Yeah. And we'll, uh, maybe we'll get to your marathon well. best time, you know, we'll get to that. But um, who, who's your inspirations? Um, that's probably changed a lot, I think, because obviously I always think of my running as in two components. So I have my road running days when I had, you know, reasonable success, but I had a lot of injuries. So I don't always look back on that time very favorably because I was miserable mm-hmm. laterally from it um I mean stress fracture after stress fracture and torn hamstrings um so then when I came back after another injury I just decided I was it I was done with roads and marathons because I couldn't take the consistent 
um, times just being injured and it was so frustrating. I didn't deal with it particularly well from a mental side of it. Um, so I just decided to come off the roads and um, I got into trails. Um, it's not something I'm particularly good at. Even now, I, I'm called Granny Nicola going down the technical descents. Um, I'm good going uphill, probably faster going up than I am going down. But uh, I really enjoy it. And um, I kind of fell into the ultra world kind of by accident. It wasn't really an intentional um, thing. But um, um, and then I just really, really enjoyed it. And it's, it's very different. I think there are very different types of running, road running and trail running in terms of the community. So I've made so many friends, both in both types of my running, but mm -hmm. particularly in the ultra and trail world, I've made some really special friends. Mm -hmm. yeah. Can I ask your road running when you were saying there about your constant sort of run of injuries? Sounds mm -hmm. like was that caused by the the harshness of the surface? Do you think? So I actually think it's more to do with the fact that it's a repetitive motion. So all of the injuries and most road running injuries, it's um from repetitive strain so it's not necessarily that the ground is hard because a lot of the ground we'd say even in the lakes you guys both did the lakeland 50 a lot of that's really hard but it's a lot of variation and you're up and you're down and you're going over rocks and everything so i actually think it's more to the fact that you're doing the same motion again and again um, so yeah. I've, and so i've spoken to a couple of physios about that and they would agree with me with that it's not necessarily just the fact that it's tarmac okay no that's interesting thank you but it sounds like it was a bit of a yeah. a blessing almost yeah in, in the long run at the time it would have been if it was getting you down i can imagine but it opened the door for something else john i came in on you do you hear a question i'm still waiting to find out who nicola's inspirations were I, I'm, I'm not letting that go because i think we're all inspired by people you know regardless of they are elite runners or people that we've met just pals so mm -hmm. you mentioned there's been like almost like two running careers nicola Yes, you can no, choose no. one or two as, as, as many as you like, but who 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 gives you that motivation? Um, I suppose obviously Debbie. Um, I think she's amazing. Um, she's a huge inspiration on the ultra scene, and I think the fact one thing I find really inspiring about her is just how much she enjoys it. Um, I find that really inspiring, and even if she's having a day where she's out in horrible conditions, she still, you know she still posts something funny about it and she I find that really inspiring um, and as I get older as well I find it um, really helpful when you see people my age and older that are still getting better and improving you know I'm going to be 40 next year so I'm not getting any younger but I still see the scope to improve in different ways so who else do I find I don't find the, the usual typical people inspiring I often find people that are you know maybe not necessarily top of the pack um, I listened to your recent podcast with Gillian and I thought she was amazing. It was one of my favourite of your podcasts. I just thought she was just brilliant. I just loved how well she prepared. You know, she didn't mm -hmm. leave uh, anything unturned. She was great. And I thought, God, what an inspiring person, how well she prepared for it and her outlook on it. It was just fantastic. Um, so brilliant. people like that often inspire me more. And um, I have a friend who's had a bad accident a few years ago and she's in a wheelchair now and she has different challenges um, and I find her really inspiring. I met her at the weekend and she's now got a car and she managed to drive to Peebles with her dog to meet me and my dogs for a walk and she got there all by herself and I mean it's quite a, quite an effort but she has to get the dog into the car, she has to get her wheelchair and she has to take her wheelchair apart to do it so it's quite an effort and I just thought wow that's for me is maybe more inspiring than 
professional athletes that do it full time um, and that's all they have to do is think about their training and their recovery. I don't find that as inspiring as people who are like balancing family and dogs and work and life. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Right, before I start before I start getting emotional, we'll move on a little bit. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you very much. And we'll definitely come back to your friend as well. Definitely gonna do yeah. that. John, yeah. I've yeah. got a gap in Nicholas timeline. A wee okay. bit. So a 40 minute 10k just when you started and yeah. then we spoke about running marathons and now we're in the ultras yeah i'm assuming there was an in-between a, a time where you were spending years developing and up, yeah. up in your your distance and finding your 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 sweet spot almost distance wise yeah so i did those 10ks and then tennis was always my first sport so i think right. then it was the end of the summer so there wasn't really much going on so i just went back to playing lots of tennis and then I think it might have been even a year or two later, a colleague of mine um, said he wanted to do a marathon for charity. Um, and I said, well, I'll do it too. Um, and both entered the Edinburgh Marathon. He didn't end up actually doing it. Um, I think he was playing football and he hurt his ankle, but he hadn't done the training. Um, so I didn't do that much training for it. Um, I used to go for a run every Friday after work at Arthur's seat. And I remember the first time I did a lap of Arthur's seat and it nearly killed me. And, you know, and that was only, you know, I look back now and I think that was just 3.3 miles to do a lap of it. But it was up and down. And, uh, um, but I, then I think I went a few weeks later, I did two. And then I ended up doing every Friday. And then a couple of weeks before the marathon, I did um, I, I did 12 miles. And then I did 14 miles. And then I did 15 miles. So I had three weeks of long runs. Uh -huh. And they, they killed me. Like, they absolutely killed me. Yeah. And then I went to Mexico for two weeks with my boyfriend. It was our first holiday together. And I was like, right, I better do loads of running on holidays. So most people, they taper before a marathon. But for the two weeks before my first marathon, I ran every day on holidays. So, um, like, I'm not even lying. I probably ran for about an hour and 20 minutes every day um, in the heat. Yeah. And um, so there was no taper. I was like, well, this is great. I'm getting my training in for the marathon. And then we got back on the Saturday at five in the morning and the marathon was the Sunday. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perfect preparation. Yeah. And it was but a really hot day though in, in Edinburgh and I was fully heat acclimatized because I'd been in Mexico for two weeks running in the heat. So I was the year they, they ran out of water at all. Yeah. Yeah. So um I rocked and um I'll give you a laugh. I mean I still have pictures of the outfit. I had a Smurfesh T shirt on. I had a pair of um, shorts that you would wear around the pool. They were like Topshop five pound ones. Um, and I had like my little silver, little, and a little silver Calvin Klein watch I got when I was 18 from my dad. Um, and so, I, you know, I wasn't pacing myself. I had no idea. Um, and, and I had um, my iPod in my hand. I used to always run with my iPod in my hand. I did <laughs> one. Um, so I ran and no idea of pacing. I just remember thinking after halfway through it, I'm never fucking doing this again you know <laughs> and then it was awful it was really hard like really really hard but I didn't remember thinking I'm kind of passing people out and it finished at Musselburgh on the race course at that time yeah. went through in the race course and I was so happy to finish and I went through the finishing line and my boyfriend was there waiting for me and um I said I said I'm never fucking doing that again <laughs> sorry that's no more swear words on this but that was that <laughs> in this case and he's just like but Nicola, you've just come third, and look, you've done, you've under three hours. 
so I had done 2.58 and I had no I had no concept of what time I had done I look back now I think I really did not deserve it you know two weeks of running every day beforehand that was my training in my smart t-shirt and um to get my prize they had the prize on the horse um track yeah I had to be helped over to the podium because my legs were so beaten up. So there was this lovely man in a kilt and he had my arm linked in with me and he had to help me over so I couldn't get up. And when we got to the podium, he had to pick me up to put me up because the legs were so bust. And the ladies who came second and third, they just waltzed over, not a bother on them, you know. I had to be helped back down again and then he had to bring me over back to my boyfriend. Um, but I was like, yeah, so it was a great experience. You know, it was nice to get a prize and I got some money, which is even better. Um, but, uh, Brilliant. Yeah. Um, what, what a yeah. first marathon story. Yeah. Um, and yeah. yeah, and mm-hmm. you, it's not as if you were at 25 miles thinking, okay, I need to do a seven minute mile to get my, <laughs> to get a sub three, which is a lot of people's, yeah. you know. Yeah. no concept of and I said I look back now and think that wasn't even fair you know you think of like I probably wouldn't even manage it now you know because I don't train for for roads and that's a lot younger then but yeah but it was a it was funny and people started to say to me gosh Nicola that's a good time and I entered it for the next year and did I did a slightly more training. I I did a couple of more Sunday ones. It was still no more than twice a week running wise, but I was playing a lot of tennis. Um and the weather wasn't good that year. It was um it was windy and I remember on the way back there was this lovely man and the wind was against me and he was like tucking behind me. He knew who I was, I didn't know who he was. Um and then when I finished it, again I didn't have a watch. I had the same outfit on that I had on the previous year, my perfect t shirt. I decided that was my lucky t shirt. Um but oh. I Two forty-nine. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so a big pe- and I came second, and I passed out the lady who had been second as this man was helping me, and he remember him saying to me, "Now Nicola, you can't look behind you. We're going to go past the skirt here, but you just need to just look ahead." And I just did exactly what he told me. I had no experience or anything. And when we got to about maybe three miles to go, he's like, right, I can't go at this pace anymore. He said, but you are doing so well. You just go and finish off strong. Don't let that girl pass you out. And I felt like he'd been so nice to me and let me go in behind him. I had to do what he told me. So I was just like, well, I better make, you know, better do it for this nice man. And so I just kind of, uh, I got to the finish. And when I got to the finish, I waited until he came in. And I was like, thank you so much. That was so kind of you. And he was like, no, you did it all yourself. And he was so lovely. But yeah, it was, that, that was, that was great. And then after that, people started saying to me, you should join a running club. (laughs) Um, So I joined a running club after that. Yeah. Can I ask that, that second time? Did you have a running watch, a sports watch no, then? No. You still wearing the Calvin Klein? Yeah, still wearing the little silver Calvin Klein one. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh man, that's okay. Yeah. That's filled in a big chunk yeah. of that time. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. It's yeah. a brilliant story. I, I love the fact that you were, I don't know, blissfully unaware or blissfully didn't care. You were just mm. out running. You know, mm. I actually love that. There's no pressure then, is there? You know? There was no pressure. I just ran completely to feel. Uh-huh. And you know, we talk about watches and stuff. And I do think after I had my period of injury, I when I went backwards, I just didn't bother with the watch for a few years. I only got a watch about two years ago. So I was probably running for three or four years with no with no watch, just going completely by feel. Um, just because I didn't want to get back into that um um, problem of always looking at my pace and you know I think I did a lot of my easy runs too fast once I had a watch 
um, where once you don't have that, you know, ignorance is bliss. I can go 20 minute yeah. miles and I don't, nobody knows. <laughs> ah, so, that's, there's a yeah. lot to be said for that. It's almost yeah. like you're, you're off piece a wee bit, it feels like. Yeah. So I kind of class it in my head and I should do it more often. I try and, yeah. you know, sometimes just go for a run and put a buff over my watch and just exactly. turn, yeah. off, turn off beeps and stuff like that. But yeah. I, I do get fixated on it if I'm being deadly honest and mm. yeah sometimes I, I go out the intention right I'm going to run seven thirty minute miles mm. like that's my intention of this run yeah. and I'll do the first mile and it'll be like seven twelve, and then I'll go I need to run every mile faster now and it just yeah. organically mm. happens and yeah I was the same yeah, yeah. I think people I think people do get sucked into that though you know everybody does I think and it's it's good now and again just to run Maybe not without a watch, but maybe intensely run that first mile a bit slower just to take that yeah. pressure off. You know, yeah. I'm reading yeah. a I'm reading a book just now. It's called Eighty Twenty Running. Yes, I've read that book. It's great. Yeah. And it's yeah. well, the reason um, it appealed to me was the very first line is if you want to run faster, slow down. I'm, yeah. I'm in. I'm in. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's um, it makes. It makes absolutely perfect sense. I'm not I'm not at the bit where it's got training plans and things like that. I'm just getting to the bit how it can work for you. But um I think it's I guess it's about that not putting your body under stress so much. It's about that that slower type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What see one the, the the one other takeaway from your sort of marathon entry story is it's so often when we speak to people, it's a colleague who has been the catalyst. Mm. Do you know? Yeah somebody at work or you know um has been the person who has planted a seed or come with me you know it, it's, it seems to be such a common thing it's a colleague you know maybe rather than somebody in your friend circle it, yeah. it's it's more than likely to be a colleague we've we've heard that a lot and mm -hmm. um yeah, yeah. No, that's it's interesting yeah thinking back <laughs> what planted the seed were you for trail running then and you've you've mentioned about being injured in the road running and you were getting fed up with that. Mm -hmm. Who or what was the what was the motivation to move onto trails then? Who who introduced you to that? Um, so there was a, a fitness group in Edinburgh called Race Fitness. So when I came back from my running, I joined them and they used to do a trail run every Friday, um, up Arthur Seat. And um, I remember the first few times I went down. Actually, I remember the very first time we went up. And we were coming down and I was actually like in tears because I was so far behind them all. I was just, you know, at this stage, I would have been, you know, my history would have been a really fast marathon runner. And yet I couldn't, I couldn't even go down Arthur's seat. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but um, I actually really enjoyed being out. Um, and I found after, you know, a month or so, I was like, I was I decided to get a bit better. Um, and I just liked the fact that there was no pressure um, mm -hmm. and I wasn't getting any niggles because before... I kind of would get injuries. I always had niggles, so something always hurt. I know if you look at pictures of me even doing the London Marathon the year I got my PB, like I was taped up, you know, it was like bits of pink, blue on my legs. You know, I was, you know, I was just taped together. You know, it was, I remember even the day before finding the lady who was the KT tape person and um, she was taping us up and I ended up getting a load of stuff from her for free. You know, she sent me stuff because she looked up the next day to see how I got on and I had done quite well and she sent me a load of it for free and but I was always taped up and then once I started moving over to the hills and the trails I just don't have those niggles anymore you know yeah. obviously you get the odd thing most of mine are when I fall so um, I've had quite a few uh, 
I've had quite a few injuries, but they've all been from falls. Um, but um, and to be honest with you, most of the falls haven't even been on the technical bits. They've been silly ones. <laughs> um, but yeah, because, yeah. The ones where you're not yeah. so dialed into the terrain, and it's yeah. maybe just like a upturned rock or a tree root, and it just yeah. like jumps out at you. Yeah. So I've had lots of rib injuries. So yeah. Okay. So, uh, and this year, I fell on the ice at the start of the year, and I broke three ribs on my back. That was the end. I didn't just crack them; I properly broke them, and they they took a long time to heal. I was mm. I couldn't run for a few months, um, and that day I'd been really sensible as well. So I decided because it was icy, I wasn't going to go to Pentlands. So I had planned to, and then I was like, maybe I'll go up Blackford and Braids, and I'm like, no, they'll be icy as well. I said, no, I'll just go on the water of Leith, so that'll be, you know, boring. But I'll just do an out and back on the water of Leith, and there was a snow that was covering a sheet of black ice just around Roseburn near Murrayfield. <laughs> And uh, just next thing I knew, I was flat on my back and knocked myself out. Um, yeah. But I had been sensible, you know, I had avoided the hills. Yeah, and, um, yeah you'd, you'd mitigated the risk and then. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, you learn. All, all recovered now, though. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stephen's talking there about falling over things that sometimes aren't there. Right. Uh, oh. the day, and this just brings me perfectly into the day that we first came across you on the Devil's Staircase when you, you spoke about you, you're better going up. Yes. We were going up with Devil, we were doing that. I think both you and Stephen were doing a record there for the Devil of the Highlands. That's that was the reason yeah. we were out on the course. Yeah. And so we we're going up there, and you went skipping past us. Owen, Owen was there as well. Yeah. Um, skipping past us. That day, coming down from the devil into Kimmel Cleaver, I fell probably half a dozen times over nothing. I just, yeah. I just disappeared. I skipped nothing as well. Sniper. Oh, Sniper. Honestly, it's the worst but is, To be fair, there is quite a lot of it, a bit uneven. Yeah. And you think you get a bit of confidence because it's like, oh, I guess it's downhill. But there's a lot of those little sort of step things on that bit, eh? yeah. you know, like we're man-made so oh, you're uh, being kind, Stephen. I was falling on the flat, but <laughs> anyway, anyway, that, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to the Devil of the Highlands because that was quite an epic day out. Um, I mm. was kind of, but and you've mentioned a couple of places already. What's your favourite place to run? I knew you were going to ask me this, and I was trying to have a think. And I have so many favourites. It's like really hard to pick just one. I mean, okay. living in Edinburgh, so spoiled. Um, I love Arthur's Seat. I can get to Arthur's Seat within two kilometres of my house. So really lucky. Um, and I love Blackford and Braids. Um, one of my favourite routes in Edinburgh, which I would do nearly weekly, is the Seven Hills of Edinburgh. I've got a couple mm. of variants so I can make it longer if I need a longer run. Um, but I love being in the heat. Like, I love hot climates. So um, I love being around Chamonix. I've been there a few times, had a great time. Did the UTMB route by myself over four days. Just stayed in the little huts along the way. I got lost. Um, I got lost quite spectacularly one day and I ended up <laughs> backwards without realising it. So I ended up three hours after I'd started back where I started. Because <laughs> oh. I realised I'd gone wrong and then I had I had downloaded an app onto my phone and then I was like, oh, if I go back this way, I'll get back on the route that I'm supposed to be on, not realising I was going backwards to get the route. So I ended back on Refuge Banati. <laughs> Three hours after it started, you couldn't make it up like that. Ah, uh, uh, just getting your money's worth. 
Yeah, exactly. And it was the hottest day that I was on. It was nearly 40 degrees and I'd started at 6 a.m. So I wouldn't have to go up the really big one in the heat. And of course, yeah, but it was all part of the adventure. But um, one place I adored was Patagonia. I was over there in 2019 and um, for the World Mountain Championships. And it was an amazing route. Absolutely brilliant. We even had snow at the top of the one of the hills and the I was really disappointed they had no photographers on it because I was like, I'm going to get a great race photo here um, and there's really no one to take it. But um, anyway, but I spent about a week or so afterwards just like running around Patagonia. Um, I remember Robbie Britton is my coach and he had said, you know, make sure you recover from your race. And I was like, the next day I was straight out. <laughs> for a long and then that evening I was out for a hike with some of the guys into the snow and another bit. And I think I ran about over 100 miles in the week after. <laughs> after. The thing is, though, when you find yourself in that sort of yeah. paradise. You have to you make know? the most of it. Yeah, I was only yeah. only had like just over a week. I had to make the most of it. But like when I say over 100 miles, we're talking a lot of ascent as well. So there was yeah. like big mountains. So yeah, I spent all day every day running. It was amazing. So yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a, yeah. a part of the world that I've got on my bucket list. So yeah, I, um, I wouldn't be there to run for my country in the world mountain mm. running championship yeah. so i'll just be there as a spectator well actually the race that was the world mountain championship was also like a normal race All so right. it's a solomon event so you could do they call it the k42 so okay. so you could actually have done it so there were people they went off as well um, and right. I'm, I'm not that bothered about the actual running part i just want okay. to okay. i just want to eat i just want to eat <laughs> and, more, and, and run cowbells yeah <laughs> The food is good there. Yeah, really nice ice cream and if you like steaks and that kind of thing. But the fish, I like fish. Yeah, the food was good. Mm. Oh, yeah. now you're talking. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I've not had the bad. I've never had the bad thing about Patagonia. Actually, they just everything just ticks all the boxes. Yeah, you know? that could be a good title for a book from Edinburgh to Patagonia. Yeah. Yes, it would. It would. I was so excited about it. Once I heard yeah. there was an opportunity to get to go there, um, I, I trained really hard for the qualifying event for Ireland because um, I was like, I would love to go to Patagonia. So I was so happy when I um, got oh, selected. Yeah. yeah, it was an amazing trip. I had a really, the Irish team that were there, they had like a, a long distance event and then a short distance event. So there was quite a few of us um, on the Irish team. So there would have been like three boys, three girls for each category. Um, and we just had the best time ever. I hadn't even met some of them before because I don't live in Ireland, obviously, and I didn't run when I lived in Ireland. So I don't necessarily know all of the really good runners um, um, really well. But uh, after that trip, you know, you made some friends for life. Um, and some of the boys stayed on for a bit longer. Um, and so they, they joined me in some of my adventures up the hills. Um, so we had such a laugh. Like, we had a great week. So yeah, it, was, oh, it sounds so. epic. Yeah, it was pretty epic. Yeah. yeah. For some of the listeners who are listening, they'll probably realise that you're not Scottish, Nicola. Yeah. Right? So they'll probably, probably realise that. So yeah. you want to see everybody. But my next yeah. question is going to be, what's it like to get that vest for your country? So it's really special. So I, I did run for Ireland earlier in the year at the World Trail Championships in Portugal. Um, and that was my first Irish vest. And it was really, really special because I had been selected to run for Ireland in the Europeans, um, I think maybe 2014. And then I got an injury two weeks beforehand. So I'd done all the hard work and then I got an injury. And that was so hard to accept. 
um because you know I never thought being at the age I was I would get to run for my country and my parents had booked to go over it was meant to be in Switzerland and Zurich and you know it was really exciting so it was a really hard one to take so and then obviously then I got more injuries I never got back to marathons so when I got selected for the world trail championships it was really special and they sent me on my kit in advance and um Ireland we don't get like lots of kit like the GB guys you know it's not we get like literally a vest and shorts and a tracksuit top and uh um joggers and we had to use the same set for the mountain championship so we don't get the whole shebang but it's so special uh, we got a t-shirt as well um, and I got mine I got my shorts and my t-shirt like tailored so that they they fit perfectly because I wanted to look good and I had like matching I had orange innovate trainers so I really like I loved the business like it was all green and blue like you know and then I got sunglasses so do you know those um good or sunglasses I yeah. got a pair of them you can get a pair of them that are called shit faced and they're basically shamrocks all over them oh, yeah. I brought them out for for um, St Patrick's Day a few years ago so I bought them and I bought a few pairs for some of the other girls and um, so we all had like our shamrock sunglasses on as well you know it's probably looking like we're not taking it very seriously even though we were um so it was really special and then the best bit was I didn't have a great race it was really hot I got cramp or whatever but you know I did my best and I think a lot of people struggled with them that day but the team manager Richard Nuno when we got near the finish he threw me the Irish flag and I didn't know he was going to do that so I had the Irish flag wrapped around my shoulders coming through the finishing line and the photos I just looked so happy I was just like that was probably one of my best running experiences of my life was running through the finish with the Irish flag wrapped around me and the same thing in Patagonia they did the same thing it was a really big flag that time because I remember like I was nearly struggling to get around me <laughs> it, was, it was massive um, but that that is so special running with your Irish flag and I think Irish people were very proud as a nation you know you're so proud to be Irish I think more probably the same as Scotland would be the same but pr- more than other nations were really really proud of it um so it's um yeah it was it was really special yeah getting that vest is very special mm-hmm. we've been quite yeah. fortunate to ask that same yeah. question of a number yeah. of athletes that have been on the podcast yeah. and yeah without every single one that were asked and you've just done it the smile breaks across your face and you're just buzzing with that that pride and I think it's been the same predominantly Scottish athletes I think Stephen that we've, that we've spoken to that have represented Scotland and GB yeah but I mean you've been smiling we should put videos out you've been smiling since the start but when you're speaking about <laughs> representing your country the smile is even bigger so thank no, you very I, much for I was for dead that. I was like yes yeah. I'm Scottish obviously and I was like yes come on Ireland yeah <laughs> <laughs> because that was infectious that was really um really good and see when you mentioned europeans in 2014 was that for marathon yep yeah, yeah. For so so I'd, I'd got a good time earlier on in the year so i'd um qualified for that yeah um, but it never happened wasn't wasn't meant to be mm-hmm. yeah. well, um, onward to bigger things wasn't yeah. it really really can i just before we move on and because it's almost what you like move away from road running so let's leave mm-hmm. that behind but that pb for um your marathon came in london mm-hmm. that's right uh, yeah um, and it would maybe be just good just to skirt on that a wee bit because it was quite a decent achievement yeah yeah it was and it wasn't so i had ran in the world championships 
for the half marathon in Copenhagen a few weeks before that and I never got to finish it I pulled my hamstring on the start line so I didn't have a nice build up to London because I couldn't run for two weeks and then the week before the marathon I overdid it because I wanted to make sure my legs were okay for the marathon you know you need to have confidence I was like there's no way I'm not going to finish a race again after what happened in Copenhagen so even though I got a PB what I had been training for and what I was capable for was faster than what I got if that makes so I wasn't I wasn't really happy with it so people were like oh my gosh that's amazing and I was like it was a PB but I knew I was capable of a lot better and I didn't really enjoy the experience I didn't like the London Marathon I I know it sounds dreadful I know people love it I hated the noise I couldn't hear my feet hit the ground I found it really disorientating Um, I just didn't really enjoy it so yeah it was it was interesting yeah I know what you mean about London. That is a weird thing. Just the whole, um, you know, sensory experience. I spoke about yeah. it a fair bit when, um, when, when I've done it a couple of times. John and I done it, yeah. and then I did it separately. But that end result, it, it, although it was wasn't quite what you'd hoped for, <laughs> for for us, for for, for yeah. bystanders and for observers. Yeah. Um, it, wh- what did you finish up in? Does it, it was 233. Mm-hmm. 233. And at the time, was that like the fifth fastest Irish women's marathon time? That's right, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, pulling a hamstring on the start line or the half in Copenhagen maybe yeah. prepared to what could have been, but you no, know, 233 yeah. still. Oh, yeah. I awesome, awesome. Yeah. yeah. I look back now and think, so. yeah, wow, you know, it was fantastic, you know, but um, yeah. that's the last marathon I've done. Mm-hmm. Okay, there you go. So that then seg John segues us nice into the next part of the show. It's a, it's a, well, you know what? I think we've already spoken about a number of very special things. Mm-hmm. I think probably one of the very special runs was your very first ten k. I love that with the yellow hoodie and you know, I, I think that that is that is special. Yeah. But, what Nicola, you can go maybe even places that we've not spoken about yet. What would be your number one running achievement? I'll pick a couple if you want. So I was having a think about that, and it, and it is difficult. And one that I really would have to mention is the fling the first year I did it. So um, I came second, and Rachel Normand came first. And we had done all of our training together. So we had gone up for weekends away. We had done the fling weekend where Adrian was involved and everything. And we had had our own weekend in Rower Denning in February where we had plenty of adventures. Rachel and I always have adventures on our runs where we, we have been known to have navigational issues on occasion. And <laughs> That's what you call an adventure when you've got yeah. a navigational issue, right? Okay. Yeah. And we've been known to, I think one time we were going to do the Ring of Steel and uh, the weather was appalling but we were so determined to do it so we tried and we ended up having to come back down one of the main mountains and we didn't want to go over that bridge that's horrible so we said we would just traverse across the river because it was raining so heavily the water was just gushing down and so we did in hindsight did everything you weren't supposed to do (laughs) of course so i went i went first and then i got swept down the river (laughs) for absolutely ages and Rachel was just watching in horror <laughs> and I managed eventually to grab onto a branch further down and I managed to get myself out and I was like your turn 
she went she tried to do what I failed to do as well and she got swept down and then but luckily I was she could see where she needed to get down and we both got out obviously absolutely soaked to the skin you know we'd been swimming essentially and we were buzzing we were running back to her car and we're like we don't even feel cold we're completely buzzing we just flew back it was the adrenaline my yeah. phone was broken but you know you know but yeah so we've uh, and we looked up afterwards what you're supposed to do if you get to that position and you know we should have been holding hands going across and we should have been going up higher up the stream yeah we just did everything you're not supposed to do. Yeah, so um, we've had plenty of a uh, plenty of uh, adventures that probably should probably be mentioned here. So uh, you're just trying to impersonate Jim Walmsley, who kind of famously <laughs> did that in the Western States. So, did he? Yeah. I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there you go. That's, um, That's you've got yeah. good good other people who are high in the game who have yeah. done similar. <laughs> but I think, think Nicola and Rachel done it first. I think Jim was copying them. I think. I Definitely. was just gonna say, yeah, it sounds like he was trying to copy us. <laughs> yeah, that that's it. Exactly. That's more like it. That's yeah. more like it. But that second at the fling to your your yeah. training buddy. Uh, oh, it was amazing. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. And um because we always knew we both had our strengths on the course. I've mentioned I'm not very good in technical terrain, so the lock side for me was traumatic, is the only word I would use to describe it. And we had done it in our recce's, and I remember the first time Rachel took me on it. I was like, this is not the route. There's no way this is part of the route. This is absolutely ridiculous. I was literally having a meltdown, you know. <laughs> and on, yeah, and on the day, you know, it was traumatic as well. Um, and Rachel got me, she passed me out kind of on it. And we ran together for a little bit. Are you eating? You know, we're both checking in with each other because the two of us were quite bad for on runs, for getting to heat stuff. And she's like, yes, I am. And I said, yeah, make sure you have a drink at this bit. And actually, the first thing she said to me was, have you fallen yet? Because I was of the two of us I was the one who would always fall more and I was like no don't say yet (laughs) (laughs) she'd already had a she'd had a fall at that stage so but she hadn't hurt herself but I did have a fall later on but um there wasn't much between us I think I finished in 826 and she was maybe 822 um but it was amazing for the two of us you know having trained so hard together um, and then to be on the podium together first and second that was really special actually really special so yeah it was Fantastic. Yeah, it was, I was buzzing for about a week afterwards. Awesome. Yeah. That's, what you, that's what you want, isn't it? That's yeah. why we do it, you know, to get that yeah. that that buzz. And sometimes after the race, you get that you get that plummet, you know, but it, it sounds like you had that fantastic. Yeah. Probably yeah. because you've done it with your pal, you know. Yeah. It makes that's it even, even more special. Can I, can I take you to the other end of the West mm-hmm. Highland Bay in 2018? Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. the Devil of the Highlands was mentioned that um, my day of falling was the day that, that we met you on the on the on the course. But you had a pretty good race in 2018, didn't you? Yeah, so only year I've done it. Um, so that was the same year I the, of my first year of the fling. Um, and yeah, I had a great race. I made lots of new friends along the way. It was really nice. Um, I remember chatting to a few people on the way who I still keep in touch with now. It's lovely. Um, and I really enjoyed that one. It was a bit more low-key than the fling. Um, but I think the route is probably suits me a little bit better overall. There's no lock side on it. <laughs> um, I really enjoy some parts of it an awful lot. I like the big climbs. Um, so I really um, 
really enjoyed it and um, the finish was really good fun and I remember when I finished it the first thing I said to John Duncan was Dean it for the Duncans <laughs> <laughs> what did you think about the you yeah. seen you like big hills what did you think about the finish that big hill at the finish yeah I knew it was coming so I, I was quite happy with it yeah right, okay. yeah so yeah I know I, I think it's all about managing expectations and I wreck a so much when I'm doing events like Lakeland 50 this year I had been down there so much to wreck it I had gone down for a couple of double dayers so I would go down on the train um, to Penrith I ran to the start at Dolomain and um, all I would have is my little running pack so I'd have like clean underwear and my makeup you know and uh, <laughs> yeah just like what John carries yeah yeah exactly <laughs> now wait a minute Danny, we're back for Lakeland back for Lakeland yeah. because 2018, Devil of yeah. the Highlands, you finished first. Yes, first, that's right. Yeah. First maybe in six hours and 23 minutes. That's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a phenomenal mm-hmm. run. Absolutely yeah. brilliant result. Uh-huh. And you're right, it is a great race. It's, I suppose it's similar vibe finish to mm-hmm. the flying, and it's just that mm-hmm. great atmosphere. And it was a beautiful day that day as well. It was lovely blue skies. Well, mm-hmm. for people watching, it was lovely blue ah, skies. It yeah. wasn't always the, the case. It would be oh, raining during the run. There have yeah. been run, yeah. Yeah. I'd gone up that Larig Moor, wasn't it? There was a bit of rain, Stephen, when you were going up there, so. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. But no, okay. it is. It's a, it's a great finish. Mm-hmm. I, love the, the, mm-hmm. I, I love the fling and I love the devil, but if you had to choose to run one tomorrow. The devil. Devil. Mm-hmm. Just do the, do the whole thing, man. Yeah. Oh, George. That's because well, you've done the whole thing. Yeah, I've not done the whole thing. Now, can, we, can we just go back a wee bit? It relates to the West Highland Way. Robbie mm-hmm. Britton, you mentioned earlier about Robbie Britton. Yeah. Do you want to, we've heard Robbie on the podcast. And man, yeah. can he talk? He's phenomenal. Absolutely brilliant. Great mm-hmm. guest. Great guy. Yeah. Do you, want to say a, do you want to say a few words about Robbie? Yeah, Robbie's great. So I can't, Robbie started coaching me just after I qualified for the World Trail Championships in Portugal, I was like, right, I've been having a bit of fun the last few years, but now I'm actually representing my country. I probably, you know, could do with a bit of help and a bit of guidance. And it was really interesting because I was thought like, oh, he'll change my training around what I'm doing. But actually where Robbie's been a massive help has been my nutrition um, and actually reining me back a bit. And I put, I actually would say Robbie's been one of the main reasons I haven't been getting injured. Um, and also, he's also like my therapist when, at times as well, <laughs> when I've had the rib injuries and he's had to, you know, be a shoulder to cry on. He's been fantastic, but he is amazing at nutrition, you know, and tips mm. and stuff. He's got such that experience himself. You know, he's um, obviously competed at such a high level. Um, he's an amazing at events, but he is just knows so much about the body and what Neil's feeling wise. I remember when he asked me, about what I was having at the moment for a thing. And I listed what I would have, you know, for the fling. And he's like, it's not great, but we can work on it. And then he realized that I was talking about the entire fling and not per hour. (laughs) (laughs) So he thought that's what I was having every hour and he still didn't think that was great. (laughs) So yeah, so he he really worked on that. Um, And that's been a huge help to me, you know, even when I've been doing my recce trips, um, you know, it makes me plan what I'm going to have on my recce trips and I recover so much better then. So it's not just that you run better on the day. It means the next day you're OK to go and do a big, massive run again. And I think when you're doing road runs, you know, you didn't need the fueling. And I think if I 
ever did decide to go back and do a road runs, a road marathon, I would fuel during it. I would probably figure out a way to have um, a drink on me that I would drink as I was going along. And I think I would have a very different approach than what I did at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that you've touched mm-hmm. something that's really important there, that mm-hmm. when you're running, you're not just fueling for that run. Mm-hmm. You're fueling for the hours afterwards and the days after it to keep that you know it's important and you mentioned Robbie when we we spoke to Robbie Robbie pretty much he spoke to us about Mentos and pizza right yeah I don't I don't have Mentos or pizza but but, (laughs) but behind behind the chat you could just tell that he totally understands what what the body needs and what's going in and what you've got to replace and he's just He's like a scientist in his brain. He just knows uh-huh. all these formulas. He's really, really well versed and really he's got a great way of articulating that too. Yeah. You know, so yeah. And he's also just a great guy. He's got a weird haircut, but he's a yeah. he's a he's a great guy. <laughs> he's got a weird haircut. Yeah. And I also heard Nicola saying there, um, yeah. if it ever go back to try a road marathon, so mm. there must be a wee thing in the back of your head someplace, way yeah. back, maybe. There is, but then I think about all the injuries, so it's difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe some some point. Yeah. Never say never. Never say never, that's it, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, John, where are we on this, this impressive question list that we compiled <laughs> together? We're coming, we're, I want to speak a wee bit about pals, right? Pals. But, but predominantly, and we've got a few pals to speak about. You've mentioned a few pals already. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I'd like to speak about your pal that came to see you in Peebles in the car. And I'd yeah. also like to speak about your FKT as well. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. maybe we can link all that together. So do you want to mention yeah. about your pal, please, Nicola? Yeah. So Kat's one of my, my best friends. And unfortunately, in July 2019, she had an accident in Mortine on her mountain bike and she came off her mountain bike and she suffered a severe spinal injury, which means she's um, permanently paralysed from her belly button down. Um, and Kat was a trauma nurse, um, you know, very busy and active job, but also into every sport going. You know, we, we got to know each other from doing obstacle course racing. Um, which is something I always enjoyed doing that some people when I was training for marathons and for Ireland they used to try and tell me not to do all these great obstacle course races and I never hurt myself doing them <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah but um so that for me was it was really hard it was really traumatic there's nothing worse than having something like that happen your closest friend and not being able to fix it and not being able to help her um, um, and as somebody you guys would appreciate as well how active you are and how important your running is to you and then knowing that you can't do that anymore and you know it's life-changing in so many ways so um, and it takes people don't fully appreciate that it's not just the fact that she's in a wheelchair and she can't run there's lots of other medical issues that people don't fully um, I won't go into detail about them here but um, I didn't know about um, but that are linked to spinal injuries as well because only certain parts of your body just don't work anymore um so it's been um and Kat's so inspiring you know she's just an amazing person and um we go down and see her regularly the two of us have got dogs that are brothers so um last year and we decided just before lockdown that we wanted to get brother dogs and she was going to call hers boost because he was going to give her a boost um, and mine's called Turbo, so we've got Turbo Boost. 
<laughs> so yeah, so we've got two working cocker spaniels that are crazy little creatures. They're they're great fun, um, and that's one of the things we we share together as well. Um, but we have been doing research about things that she could do, and one of the things she really missed was getting up into the hills with her friends. Like she loved mountain biking. She loved being up in the up in the hills running her downhill like I've ne- we always used to joke that if there ever was a race where I could run up and she could run down nobody would beat us because she was so good downhill um so we found this bike was called a bowhead and it's a Canadian company and they um it's custom made and it's basically an impressive piece of kit it can go over anything it can go up and down anything it can go up and down stuff I definitely can't go up and down <laughs> on my own two feet but it was really expensive because it's, it's custom made and it's you know it's electric and um but I was like we're getting you that you know we, we're gonna sort that out so I had this plan to do Madeira last year April, April 2019 and then obviously with Covid that all got panned um and as the year went on, there wasn't really anything that was kind of looking like it was going to happen. And it needed to be a good challenge if I was going to get people to sponsor me because I do ultras. So if I just said I was going to do a 50K, you know, you're not going to get people to sponsor you as much as if you say you're going to do something like 117 miles of the five coastal path. So uh, so once I came up with the idea and once I said it out loud, I couldn't take it back. And then cause I, I got quite scared coming up to it because I'd never ran further than the fling. Uh-huh. 53 miles was the furthest I'd ran. And suddenly I was more than doubling it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it was just like, but Robbie was fantastic. He was so supportive and he was so confident in my ability to do it. Like he was absolutely, he, was just, he just had no doubt that I would be ha- able to do it. And I was like, but Robbie, I've never done this before. And I've, you know, I've not, even this year now, I've not done anything close to it. And even coming up to it, I think the longest run I would have done would have been about 36 miles. Um, so I would have done a couple of big two days, but nothing longer uh-huh. than that. And as Robbie says, you don't need to, because if you run too far, then you re- you take longer to recover. Um, and I did so many recce's for it. Like I had a great time doing all the recce's. Um, I remember when James Stewart was doing it, when he took away my title. Um, and uh, I saw that he was going to do it. And I saw that he, he'd put up that he didn't know where he was going. So I sent him some tips about bits that had been closed off so he would know where to go. But he hadn't even done one recce of it. <laughs> You know, where I had spent all summer, you know, doing two day trips and going first thing in the morning and figuring out trains back. And, you know, uh, I mean, and some of it had to be on my own. And, you know, but I, I really I knew the course inside out by the time I did it. I'd made so many mistakes in the recce's, like spectacular mistakes. I'd ended up in a motorway near the near the finish, going in the wrong direction when I shouldn't have been anywhere near a motorway, you know. But uh, yeah, so. um, But uh, yeah, so that was. And I had the best day ever. So all my friends ran with me. So I had it all planned out. So people ran with me. I think I only ran about five minutes of it by myself. It was when there was a bit of a, the tracker didn't work. And Ross Beveridge, who was on a few weeks ago with you, he ran a, a section with me and they missed me because of that. But he, he jumped into his car and he went to the next bit and he, he got me there. And he was fantastic, actually. And he's so kind. So what he did like a few weeks later, he got one of his friends. He does like carvings, wood carvings to make me this amazing wood carving of my achievement. And it has like, you know, five coastal path. And then the time I did it and then the distance, it was like absolutely amazing. Brilliant. You know, getting your own trophy, a personalised trophy, and it was like oh. it's up on my. I should actually, I should, I should have bought it in to show it to you, but it's absolutely stunning. Yeah, it was such a kind, 
present from him it was it's very special for me because when you do FKTs you don't obviously get like a medal or a trophy so that was very cool yeah. sure. uh, we should say what can we just say that your time you did 117 miles yeah. in 23 hours and 17 minutes yeah <sighs> that is quite phenomenal and, and yeah. we know that yeah. we know we've spoken to James about yeah. his run on the five coastal path it's not flat is it there's a lot yeah. of up and downs a lot of steps Mm-hmm. You know, so very, very challenging. Yeah. And also, you raised in excess of eleven thousand pounds. Actually, in the end, we raised nearly sixteen thousand pounds, so we got her the bike. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. And I do brilliant. believe I've I've read a couple of blogs as well about that um, that day. And Kat came to see you. She was on the course as well, wasn't she? She was in um, St Andrews, and um, I, I didn't. Know, I knew she was going to try and be, catch me at some stage, but you know, at that stage, she hadn't really left in Leithen very often, and it was quite a big deal for her to get out and about with the logistics and everything. And she was kind of still getting confident to do that. She's a lot better mm-hmm. now. And she was in St Andrews, and uh, I saw her, and she was there, and I just—it was like the best moment of the whole thing. I think I had run 80 miles at that point, and I just. Got, forgot all the tiredness in my legs and my boyfriend had ice cream for me as well so because um, I hadn't been struggling to eat so Peter McDonald who was running with me he sent on a message saying get Nicola ice cream because she's not eating anything um, but uh, so that was so there was ice cream and I was I stayed quite a while there you know I was just because she'd come all the way to see me so I was going to have a proper chat with her and um, there's lots of photos of us having emotional hugs it was fantastic so it was hard to leave her and I had a low moment about 10 miles in and I was like I wish I had just been able to stop in St Andrews and just hang out with Kat uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah but um and that's where having the right people with you for these challenges really counts because um, I had all my friends were amazing that day. I mean, I had the best day ever because I was, you know, locked down that year. You didn't get to see a lot of your friends. And I had a day where I got to run with all my friends all day. It was amazing, you know, like, mm. just, you know, chatting about this, that and the other. It was amazing what we what we spoke about. I mean, Ross and I were chatting about and we worked out that he probably served me in Tiger Lilies back in the day when I used to be love going to Tiger Lilies and George Street you know it was just stuff like that that we worked out and um, it was it was just magic and but Peter Buchanan who is a, a running pal of mine he was in the last section with me um and uh at the 90 mile point I had some of my friends who were girls running with me and girls are lovely and it was the only bit I had girls running with me but girls are too nice so when I was starting to walk and I was just like, oh, I'm really tired. And, you know, they were like giving me shoulder massages and don't worry, you're doing great. You know, even if you walk the rest of it, you're doing great. So they just ran about maybe 10K with me. And it was lovely. It was great to catch up with them. And they really enjoyed being part of it. And then they all, they went back to Baran Lucas. And then Peter just waited for them to go and was like, Nicola, here's some food. You have to eat it. I'm not, I'm not letting you not eat it. Here's a paracetamol that will take the ache off everything and let's run. You know, there was no, yeah, yeah, there was, uh, there was absolutely no chat about it. And uh, yeah, I pretty much ran the rest of it then. Um, like business-like, yeah. business-like, yeah. boom, boom. This, is what, this is what you need to do to yeah. endure was, the next. Yeah, he was, and that's what I needed. I needed some tough love. So uh-huh. he was, yeah, he was great, yeah. Uh, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've, I've so enjoyed hearing that. That's given me all the warm and fuzzies, John. I don't know about you. Yeah, man, it was awesome. really has. And, you know, Nicola's saying that she had the best. She's had the best day ever. You've had yeah. a few. You've had a few great days. It's yeah. absolutely brilliant hearing about it. Can I ask quickly though? Can I ask quickly? How how is Kat now? You mentioned you saw her recently. How, yeah. how is she? 
she's good she's um obviously you know things are hard for her but she um having the dogs made a massive difference so mm-hmm. boost we were just saying on sunday she's just like you know what he lives up to his name he gives me a boost every day so um and so many people mm-hmm. have said to her you know you why would you get a dog that's ridiculous you're in a wheelchair but she's managed it she's got a beautiful dog he's great fun he goes along beside her in the wheelchair and when he gets tired he jumps up and he sits on her lap so cute yeah he's like he's wonderful yeah. she yeah. sounds a very she sounds yeah. a very dear friend to you and and I, yeah. I totally get why you get that inspiration from yeah. from a friend like that it's brilliant yeah and no just, thanks you know, you know we're talking about books and things like that as a present for me a thank you for me for doing the challenge for her she got me and her like a membership of a book club where we both got the same book every month for a year so because she's ah, a book so the, yeah that was lovely so that was we have our little chats about our books and that that's finished now but we we still even on sunday she had two more books for me and um, we're always we have our book pals as well and, uh, she's wonderful can i bring you on to another friend and yes. somebody, somebody, this is almost like this is your life, isn't it? Yeah. But, uh, um, we had a, a lovely guest on recently, Sophie Mullins. Yes, I heard spoke, her. a, yeah. spoke about you very dearly. Yeah, very fond, fondly. Yeah. yeah, she did. So I'm going to let you return the favour. Yeah, so, yeah, I really miss Sophie. You know, we were in touch like most days, but I really miss um, having her in Edinburgh. And every time I, I run past where her flat door was, because she used to live just off the meadows, I'm always like, no, Sophie's not here anymore, <laughs> you know. And we, we, we did a lot of runs together and uh, we, we, had, we had plenty of adventures too. Um, I remember I helped her with her FKT that she did um, along the Union Canal um to edinburgh and um i had to cycle along beside her and i got a tire my tire burst and i had all of her liquids oh i felt so bad and this man came along to fix my puncture because i had no clue what to do you know and there was this lovely man he was a teacher and he was chatting away to me and i was thinking would you just hurry up and uh so she said she could see on my strap afterwards how high my heart rate got because <laughs> I felt awful and she had no liquid or anything and it was quite a warm day but she was very gracious about it because I felt so bad about it you know um, um, and she, she's wonderful and we had lots of runs where we used to dress the same so we would have like the same colours on so we both had the same blue wah skirt and a yellow top so yeah we used to have really good fun um, Un- unplanned dress the same oh god no I would always I think she coordinated. had coordinated yeah so she, right. I would I would have seen that outfit and I'm like wear that outfit again Sophie and I'll match because I think coordination is very important so I like to coordinate with people and even when I did my FKT my friend Peter dressed the same as me on the day as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah my boyfriend said we looked like minions because Peter's like way he's like six foot four and I'm tiny so we look like proper little minions in is our that, blue is, he, is he quite tall boy or something what is it yeah, is, is that his name on Instagram? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Top. Paul Boy Pete or something. Like. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can see yeah. the height differential. Yeah, yeah. Some he was great. Was so much fun. Yeah, okay. but I really do miss Sophie, and we're we're in touch a lot, and we're we've already got um we're both going to do one of the events in Gran Canaria at the start of March. Ah, so awesome. Awesome. Together. Good well, to you know what? That's mm-hmm. a perfect segue. Ah, segue. We do like a segue. We, we, yeah. we love a segue in Young Hearts Run Free. Yeah. So you're talking about March, which is obviously going to be 2022. You mentioned earlier on that your next birthday is a big quite one. a big, 
a yeah. big significant yeah. birthday so what's your plans in the next 12 months so this year has been you know tough i think i mentioned i broke the three ribs at the start of the year so mm -hmm. i couldn't run for a bit and then i was just getting back into it and i fell again and bruised my front ribs and you know between various things and i had a calf injury in october that knocked out some of my runs so i've decided next year is going to be the year of fun so i'm going oh. to be 40 and it's going to be the year of fun so i'm going to do 40 events 40 events for 40. Sorry, but sorry. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're going to do 40, 40 events? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Jeez, 40 events. John, you're 2022 is all of a sudden looking a bit shite. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm doing four. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. Back, back to you. Sorry. Yeah. So, so I mentioned this to Robbie, and he was like, "Yes, but we just need to plan it carefully so we don't get broken." So he was really supportive of it. He's great. Anytime we come up with daft ideas, he's actually really good, and he he just makes it kind of vaguely sensible. And he even came up with the idea that I'll do a day at the track, and I'll do a hundred meters, two hundred meters, four hundred meters, eight hundred meters, and fifteen hundred meters. Probably all at the same pace because I think I mentioned to you I don't have a sprint. So yeah. <laughs> It'll all be at the same pace, and that'll be five events. But I've got <sighs> yeah, I've got some big races next year. But okay. I'm just gonna have loads of fun. I'm even doing an event with Cash. We're doing it's called the Fanny Hunt. So it's on bikes. <laughs> it's a I know it's a bike orienteering event in Glentress, and that's later on in the year. So we're going to be paired up to do that together. So that'll be loads of fun. John's done a few of them in the past. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm rubbish on the mountain bike, so Cat even said, I'll have to take you out in advance to practice. <laughs> you know what, though? I, I, love, That's brilliant. I, love, I yeah. love the fact that you're doing that yeah. with, with Cat as well, because it's all yeah. about that inclusivity, isn't it? So, Absolutely. Yeah. And have you got... Sorry, Stephen. No, I was going to say, is that going to be on the bike that you raised? Yeah, that'll be... So, I mean, the events don't all have to be running. But yeah. It's a, 40 events yeah but for cat on on the bike that you raise money for yes exactly yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. brilliant that's yeah. that's awesome yeah. there's going to have to be a lot of photographs next year this could be the, the most photogenic year ever i know yeah and, exactly <laughs> and when you said that you've got a couple of big events next year just yeah. want to drill down on that one a bit if that's okay yeah. are, are you okay to share what those big events yeah. are yeah, yeah. So the, the biggest one will be Lakeland 100, which obviously more than 100, it's like 104, 105. So I'll be like going from 100 metres to <laughs> over 100 miles. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah. you're back to the lakes, yeah, back to lake. Coniston. Yeah, I got the bug last year and I'm sure you guys did too, you know, watching them head off on the Friday night. You know, the 50 miler was is a really tough event, but... I'm sure you felt it too. I felt like the baby brother of the main event. Um, so, yeah, I, I decided before I even started that I wanted to go back and do the 100. Uh, and my friend Rachel did the 100 as well. And, you know, um, I've had some conversations with her. Ross and I have been down already to do yes, the first. Yeah, so, oh, yeah, start the recce's early. I'm so bad at navigation. I have to do it just to make sure I don't get lost. But it was tough. The first 26, mm. 27 miles was tougher than the 50. Um, yeah. yeah. Ross heard that. Yeah. Ross, Ross said that, didn't he? And I, yeah. I think I think Debbie has said that before too. Yeah. You know, you can't underestimate it. Um, yeah. So brilliant. And, so it'll be great and, to see you on there. And Neil yeah. was down there, Neil McRitchie as well. Yes, that's right. Yeah. 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 So oh that'll be brilliant. So we'll well we'll see you. 
we'll see you off on the Friday. Oh, great! We'll stand and wave. We'll stand and wave at the school gates. Yeah. I'll bring my I'll bring my cowbell. Oh, amazing! I'll be looking out for you. That that would set me off in the right way. My I've booked a I managed to find a little cottage in Coniston, um, and it wasn't even that expensive. I think I got there must have been a mistake. So I booked it from Thursday to Thursday, and my boyfriend's going to come down with the dogs, so they'll see me off as well. Because my boyfriend will come as well. We'll come and stay in the cottage. Yeah, of course we can. Yeah. <laughs> I'll still I'll still put my tent up though for the night afterwards because I still want I think that was really good fun last year because I did the whole camping experience so I'll still want to camp but at least like my boyfriend wouldn't camp so yeah so. <laughs> Best of both worlds. Yeah, exactly. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Okay, yeah. so that's July. So that's the, the yeah a big focus on that of course and then yeah, yeah. so when you say forty fun events. Yeah, 105 miles of fun in the lakes will definitely be fun. Yeah, it will be fun. I yeah. loved the 50 last year. Again, I made some, it was hard and I struggled with the heat as I'm sure you guys did too. Um, But overall, it was a fabulous day. And, you know, yeah. when you do finish, you feel like you're a rock star going through the, going through Coniston. I literally felt like I was a celebrity. I think it actually was even better than the fling finish, which is saying something. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's, no, that's exciting. That will be, um, yeah, last weekend in July, folks, the yeah. heart of the universe is in Coniston. Well, our yeah. collective yeah. universe. So. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to have to do a live podcast for you, Stephen. I think we are. Yeah, have to organise something for doing there. Definitely. Yeah, there'll be some, I'm sure we can hook up with some pie suppliers down there who would happily sponsor it if we... Yeah. So if there's any pie suppliers down in the way, <laughs> then John's your man because I, I I'm in twenty twenty two off pies. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right, okay. So yeah. <laughs> any any other any other biggies Nicola for next year? Yes, so I have the Madeira one, which I didn't get to do in 2019, and it's mm-hmm. been moved twice. So that's 115k, and that's in April. And that's going to be a tough one for me because the terrain is hard. Um, I did a, a recce trip of it in February. It was actually the last trip before lockdown. And I was like, I even decided to change the trainer that I was going to wear for the race because I was like, yeah, my Las Portivas are just not quite quite enough for it. Um, but it was beautiful, absolutely stunning. So I'll have, a, I'll have a good day out. I won't be, it's not the train I will be competitive at, but I'll have a good day out. So it'll be good training for, Lake, for Lakeland, actually, I think. What so, distance is that? 115k. Mm-hmm. 115k. Yeah. yeah. I don't but, know what k is. What's that in miles? That would be, it's 0.6, so probably about maybe 70. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, that makes yeah, sense. Now, 70, oh, that's nothing. See, we're talking about that, Nicola. Do you prefer yeah. miles or kilometres? So, and you were asking that. So, I, when I was marathon training, I always worked in miles. And then when I started coming back, I didn't want to be depressed by how much slower I was. So, my watch is always in kilometres. So, I am, um, because even though I do work it out in my head, I just prefer not to have a, not to be told I'm so slow. So, actually, both, I would say. Um, so, I, yeah, I would say both, yeah. A big we won't, fence, uh, we won't mm-hmm. force you to choose. It's absolutely fine. Yeah, yeah, I would say both because I do, I do when my watch is in kilometres, I do convert to miles in my head. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. You, you'll be good with numbers, I'm sure, in your industry. So yeah. that will yes. come naturally. I can do that. 
I can do that for the first three miles and then I get cafuddled. Yeah. I just got a hell of a me. Sorry, John, the first five kilometres. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. See, but I, I'm ambidextrous. I can go both ways. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. Okay. Um, yeah. You know what? I'm, I'm, as is usual, I'm going to open the door to Nicola to come back because we've got loads more to speak about. Yeah, you know, stuff we've only, this. <laughs> we're only scratching the surface here. There's loads of stuff we can chat. This has been absolutely awesome. Yeah. But really appreciate you're giving up your time tonight. So I'm going to move uh, us in, Stephen, to the dialect yeah. dictionary, if that's all but right. Before I go into dialect dictionary, I'm just going to tie Nicola into something, which is if we're doing live broadcast from Coniston in 2022, you're appearing on it, okay? Right. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, we went up for that. Pre-race, during race, post-race, we'll work that out. But anyway, yeah. that's contract signed, John. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah, it's okay. during the race, you can catch Nicola and speak to her if you want. <laughs> no, I'll be waiting. Like, anywhere fast, 105 miles. <laughs> or if she goes past the domain, we'll just shout, hello! And that'll be it, that'll be it done. Oh, brilliant. Okay, but yeah, dialect. Sorry, go for it. Dialect dictionary. Yeah, so you're obviously a Galway girl, is that correct? That's right, yeah, Galway yeah. girl. So I was having to think of it and I actually said it to my boyfriend and I was just like, so I was looking up and I was even asking my brother and sister and then Dave's was like, you always say you're happy out. So if people say, how are you? I'm happy out. Um, and it's a real Galway expression and I use it a lot. So it basically means you're, you're, you're just happy out. You're a good form. So um, I think I've that's never, probably the I've, one. I've never heard one. happy out before. That's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. So someone says to you, how are you doing? I'm happy out. Yeah, basically means I'm re- I'm really good. Life is good. I'm happy out. So yeah, I use it a lot. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that's probably the one that I would like to have in your dictionary. That is. I shall in. use that too. I shall yeah. use that tomorrow. Maybe even it's tonight. It's probably reflective of me as well. Happy out. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Brilliant. Yeah. Definitely. Well, that is a definite entry into the dialect dictionary jar. Which will oh. be um, in all good bookshops for Christmas 2020, <laughs> 2025. <laughs> well, yeah, if you're into your books. You know yes, what? I, I, I think I'm really excited for the year of fun. I really am. I think that's yeah. going to be brilliant. And when, if you don't mind me asking, when actually is your birthday? It's the 15th of March. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. okay. So yeah. we shall we shall arrange an appropriate... Yeah. Celebration of sorts. Yeah, not a kick in the butt off St Patrick's Day, is it? Is it? Yes, just two days before. Yeah, see, that was good. It's the precursor. It's the precursor to St Patrick's Day. Yeah, so. it's always around the last day of the Six Nations. Mm. Ah, mm. that sounds like yeah. it's been enjoyed in yes. years <laughs> gone by. Yeah, it has. Sure. Yeah, fantastic. Well. I think um, I think we've covered everything that we wanted to, but there's also so much more as well. That I'd, but I've see when you said, "Oh, I don't know what type of trainers I'm going to wear at Madeira yet." I was like, "Ah, oh, I, I need to ask. I need to find out." But let's leave that because yeah. fo- folk are bored at my schwanking. So yeah. we'll leave that. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're visibly watching me, John. It can be a bit. Disconcerting. So. We've had a few schwank tweets this week. We have. Really? 
have. Yeah. Well, yeah, we do like a swank tweet. So if you are getting new kicks for the yeah. Christmas and Santa is going to be good to you, if for yeah. listeners and you, Nicola, please yeah. let, us, let us know. We love a bit of him. Yeah. yeah. We can have a schwankathon at Christmas when everybody gets their their new, or as Jillian would call them, bumpers. Jillian calls them bumpers. Uh, I always worry. What what do you call them? What is it called in Ireland? They just got trainers. Call them runners. Runners or sneakers. Runners. Runners. Yeah, runners. I quite like runners. That could maybe just sneak into the dialect dictionary too. Yeah, runners. Runners. I like it. If I go home. I go home to Galway and I start talking about my trainers. My sister's like, "They're not trainers. They're runners." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Awesome. Okay, yeah. well, John, that's been awful, awful enlightening, and it's it's been a well, it's been a pleasure to have you on. And Thank thanks you. very much for for giving up your time, Nicola. Um, there's so many impressive feats that you've got in your running CV. I don't even know where to start, but you like a lot of people who come in the podcast he's just so humble about it everything's to know oh yeah 233 marathon and yeah yeah it's just that spirit that you've got there is just embodies everything i think what, what what we love about running so no thank you very much for giving up your valuable time for us tonight well, thank John. you i really enjoyed chatting yeah <laughs> I, I would just like to say my big takeaway is your your love for your pals you know that comes that's obviously very important to you and i just i love that and you've what you've spoken about is you've made a lot of great friends through running as well and it's inspired you and it motivates you and it i think it's a great source of joy for you and i love i love that so the running has been good i've absolutely loved hearing about that but mm. uh, my big takeaway as i say is your your love for your pals and you're right you're happy out and god bless you for it so thank you very much thank you. thanks guys thank, thank you, you nicola thank you speak to you soon yeah take care